Welcome, Mo, and so glad that you were able to join us today. I would love to hear what the problem is that you solved through Veeam. We are um, making it really simple for businesses to pay and get paid uh, around the world, um, both domestic and cross-border. Think of it like this. When you buy coffee in the morning, you don't think of how you pay. You just do it. Yeah. When you start doing business transactions, it, you do it on bank wire, you know, domestic wire, international wire. You do paper checks, paper invoices, and all that is just friction and work for the user. So what we wanted to do is really simplify it so that you can log into Veeam. And if you have somebody you, you're looking to pay, your suppliers, one of your uh, service providers that you're working with, you simply do it by providing an email and amount and you're done. It's really that simple. It's like a consumer-like service, but comes with all the bells and whistles that are important for running a business. And we do it for both accounts payable, accounts receivable, domestic and cross-border. So basically it's a business-to-business -business, uh, model, correct? It's a business-to-business -business global payment, accounts Fabulous. payable, accounts receivable infrastructure. And in the US, um, that's particularly um, efficient to have something like that, correct? Um, because it, it it often is quite um, cumbersome, the bank's methods of doing stuff like that, right? Well, generally the banks, they, they have the infrastructure to do a payment. Uh, and generally that payment happens on a bank wire or a check or some form of electronic payment. But it doesn't come with software that is needed to run the business to help you facilitate ah. how you pay and how you get paid. So, for example, the, the you know a good chunk of what we do is that workflow layer, like you know the ability to manage users, manage approvals, uh, create the invoice, uh, pick up the type of payment options you like. So, it's a very different experience designed for automating payables and receivables, which is not what's available through the bank, which tends to be foundational to the to the bottom of the stack and, and simply all about how the payment actually works. We're more about taking the workflow, adding the software, adding the payment to it, marrying the software with the payment so that it helps you run your business. Fabulous. And I'm sure many businesses would take you up on that. And I have been um, watching uh, in Silicon Valley from the sidelines how successful you've been uh, since your early days. So um, congratulations and anything to um, <laughs> slow up the income, I mean, f speed up the incumbents. Um, and would you say that this actually is very time efficient for businesses uh, compared to having to deal with directly with the banks all the time? Well, time efficient and and just the delight of uh, working with a different type of uh, approach and uh, the cost savings that you get. So you're, you're uh, trying mm -hmm. something new that helps you with a, a simpler experience that becomes more time efficient on you to make these payments, uh, more time efficient on handling the actual payment for the money to actually move from one party to another and a cost structure that's substantially different than doing it through your bank. So these are the various attributes that you get from uh, from working with Veeam and benefiting from a new software. Many bonuses then. <laughs> yes. And uh, tell me, uh, what's your main market? Is the US, obviously you're based in the US, is the US your main market or have you found other countries really interested in? 
this well, service? Well, we're, we're in 100 and we, we service 110 countries, over 80 wow. currencies. We have about half a million accounts on the platform. Uh, you can send payments from about 40 markets, including US, Canada, Australia, Eurozone. Uh, you can receive payments into the 110 countries around the world. So we're pretty global in nature, obviously, because we're in the US, the majority of the accounts are US based. Right. And um, so tell me, um, what would you say is the the piece in Veeam that people really um, appreciate the most uh, that you've had feedback from um, companies that have worked with you? Yeah, I think the simplicity of the customer experience is number one, Mm -hmm. followed by cost savings, time savings, transparency on what happens to payments and costs, and trackability, the ability to track payments end to end. The other thing that comes up is reconciliation, taking the payments and reconciling it to accounting systems. We're integrated into QuickBooks, Xero, NetSuite. So folks like that because you're you're taking the data from uh, payments that happen on Veeam and marrying that data to your accounting systems so that it auto-reconciles. These are all the benefits that, that customers talk about. Great. And so what have the challenges been over the years? Um, I mean, I've obviously just noticed that your successes with uh, venture funding, but um, obviously for every startup, there's um, challenges. And would you have any advice for uh, founders that are in fintech startups at the moment or starting fintech startups? Yeah, I think so the the challenges uh, tend to change from one phase to another. At the early stages, it's really the challenge of uh, getting things set up, getting the product out of the uh, um, lab, so to speak, and into the customer's hand and getting feedback from the customers, making sure it's uh, customers are happy and willing to pay for things you produced. Over time, then it becomes product market fit. And you know where are all the segments where customers really like the product? And then it moves into scaling. And there you're into producing large numbers. And then, you know, after that, you're you're into figuring out how do you pick up market share and like what percentage of the market share, share do you own? So they they change the the uh, the challenges and, and the things that happen along the way vary depending on the phase that you're in. Uh, building companies is like, uh, you know, uh, going, it's like growing up. You, you go from, you know, the infant stage to childhood to teenage years to adulthood. It's the same thing here. Um, every phase has its own its own set of challenges. I think the main thing to say for any fintech founder, um, you know, fintech generally is a business where patience and persistence uh, are two key attributes. They're not businesses that uh, build quickly; they take time. They are regulated businesses, so you need to deal with regulators and licenses, and that all takes time. So you kind mm-hmm. of have to have both patience and persistence uh, to do it. That's great advice. Thanks for that. Um, I'm, I'm sure the listeners would uh, appreciate that advice. Um, and obviously, we're in a time of um, great, still great clo- global crisis um, since um, the beginning of 2020. How has that affected business or your business um, and your cl- customers? Yeah, so there's, you know, COVID um, kind of divided the market into two parts. Uh, there's folks that are dependent on physical exchange of goods and services, and there's the ones that are dependent on the virtual exchange. 
So the folks that are virtual businesses have done really well during the pandemic. They their business expanded, and they kind of you know uh, uh, did not see that much impact to their business. In fact, the, most of them uh, ended up faring well. The the ones that had struggled are businesses where you needed to have that physical exchange, like retail services, retail some of the physical services like that. That's been impacted. It's coming back now, uh, but uh, you know that's the group that had the most to deal with. Now, you know, in a, from a, from our perspective, we tend to index more towards the online businesses, so we ended up uh, benefiting from uh, the the COVID cycle, and that business uh, actually right. did well. Uh, but in general, you know, from a market perspective. Uh, I think the folks that are retail businesses and physical uh, services uh, are coming back now. The, the, hopefully, the COVID situation is at the end of that cycle, and these businesses are picking up again. And of course, the, the um, major overview is that um, much more has become contactless and um, online, and uh, even you know the, they say the banks are, are even uh, shuffling a bit more uh, faster uh, due to this. So the positives that have come out of it generally, I would imagine, and from what all the VCs that I interview uh, have told me is that the market's pretty hot and um, that fintech companies are being funded, which is fabulous. I've sort of been supporting that domain for six years. So um, I, I'm thrilled about that, to hear that news. Yeah, and you know, the, it's it's hot for for a reason because that's an industry that have not seen innovation for a long period. <laughs> it's, it's been baking for a while. Yeah, uh, good work. Yeah, that's a good good way of putting it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so uh, it you haven't seen uh, so much negative impact, which is great in your business, and um, a lot more newer fintechs obviously are, are getting their wings or getting their funding really, um, and able to take off now. So. How do you see the landscape shaping up, particularly now that the US is, um, you know, dropping all the mandates and life is meant to be returning to normal? Uh, how do you see the the um, overview, like the major overview, really, of fintech? Yeah, I think I think some of the, uh, um, you know, the, the the payments that used to happen offline. Pre-COVID, some of that activity will will return, but in general, I think COVID um, set up a bunch of new habits that I'm not sure um, you know the market is going to go away from. So let me right. walk you through that. I think yeah. uh, e-commerce, for example, pre-COVID, um, you used to shop offline first, and you know if you, if there's something you can't find offline, you go online. Um, during COVID, that formula changed. I don't know if if Consumer will go back to um, heavy shopping offline. I think the the habits have been set. They would, you know, that that use case will continue to do well long term. Uh, the, the other thing is the remote labor. Uh, prior to COVID, you, you know, we all employed uh, folks around us in an office because everybody showed up to the office during COVID. Everybody went online, and so um you know it became uh, a habit for uh, employers to find labor and uh, employ that labor regardless of location and i think that will continue um even post covid 
So I think some of these use cases are structural that have been formed now will continue to do well even even when life returns to pre-COVID uh, times. And with your company, did you go remote? And are you staying remote if you did that? We we uh, went all remote during the during during COVID, and we're now uh, hybrid. Uh, oh, okay. Part of the week is in office, and the other part is all online. That's pretty cool too. That you get the best of both worlds, then, right? Well, it's a good balance between yeah. uh, you know convenience of being at home, and and then the camaraderie and and the the teamwork and teamwork, which which yeah. happens in the office. Yeah, for sure. That's great, and. Uh, of course, I you know can't help myself, but I have to ask, what are your thoughts on the whole crypto uh, domain? <laughs> because that's obviously gone a little bit uh, uh, crazy uh, in the last year or so. Yeah, and you know we've uh, for uh, context here, we've uh, used to work quite a bit with crypto as a way to uh, essentially move funds from one country to another. So. Um, we we are quite experienced in uh, doing payments over blockchain and using crypto as a as a medium of exchange from one fiat to another. Um, Fabulous! I think we've seen all the cycles of crypto so far, from uh, early yeah. days going through <laughs> uh, large movements in price to big big downturns to now you know some uh, recovery. Um, I think the market is trying to find uh, its footing and figuring out where mm. is the best use cases for it. Um, besides, you know, folks are holding it for speculative reasons. I think there's a lot of work going on in the market around real use cases that can benefit from distributed infrastructure and from the blockchain. And I think some of these use cases are emerging. So like using it for payment options is or payment infrastructure is one piece of it is what we do. Uh, we are seeing NFT being a popular use case. DeFi is another popular use case. So you're starting to see the um, uh, use cases emerge and become a bigger thing. And that's a healthy thing to see in the market. Right. It, it's obviously, um, I mean, I've been following it since 2008 when I was based in Ireland um, <laughs> and it first started. Um but I I think it's I've always seen it as a store of value. But over the last uh, couple of years, it's become very volatile. Um, and but from what you're saying is you feel that it's trying to find its normal um, path. Is that how you're seeing it? Well, we we use it in a very different context. So we use it as a way to cross from one fiat to another. And generally, we go in and out of Bitcoin or the cryptos. Right. Um, so it's a different use case, yeah. But, but the volatility of it and um, and the um, liquidity they don't generally affect us at the moment. Like that's not Great. something that we, uh, we 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 worry about. We we use it, uh, you know, with the current uh, situation it's in. But I think over time uh, we're we're seeing a lot more liquidity in the market, and I think we're you know over time we should start to see less and less volatility and big movements right now is still making big swings. Um, I think over time it'll stabilize more. That's really um, a great prediction and I'm hoping that we, we do find a, a new normal with it because um, I feel, you know, I feel quite passionate about it, but it has gone a bit crazy um, for ordinary people like myself <laughs> yeah. lately. Well, well, 
it's gone crazy for everybody in the yeah. industry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess people that like to bet and, um, uh, you know, like the chance of making it big in one hit or something are still there. So, um, whereas ordinary people that just like it as a store of value, um, then it, it's it's a bit too crazy for me So at the moment. But yeah. look um, – so great to talk talk to you, Moen. It's so great uh, that Veeam's doing so well and I wish you all the best, continuing success. And, um, yeah, hopefully uh, we're near the end of this crisis and we will find a new normal just generally. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And, yes, hopefully we'll, we'll be back to normal, like, soon. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all need it. We're, we're all exhausted, right, <laughs> on many levels. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, great. Great to speak to you, Mo, and thank you so much. Thanks for having me.